It almost sounds like we're going to have uh, Dead Mouse on the show <laughs> this week, but that's not the case. Brian Oak. Hmm. Everybody. Brian Oak. Yeah, okay. That was, that was that was almost an interesting sample. It is the Brian Oak Show, and thank you once again for joining us. Episode 22 is now underway, and it's very surprising. When you and I started this, Sean, some time ago, by the way, I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Hi, Sean. Hello. Hi. Uh, when we started this, you know, like the first couple times in, I'd never hosted a podcast before. Been on the radio for 25 years, but it's a different animal. I didn't know. And I love the direction it's gone, but somehow we're already 22, 22 episodes in. It's crazy. It's amazing. And today we're going to have a guest on that we both have known through separate channels yep. for years and a guy that I absolutely love. I'm so excited. Well, yeah. and he's going to join us. So we are broadcasting live in the Smart Start MN studios. We should take care of a couple sponsors before we talk about our first ever Patreon event coming up exactly one week from when we're recording this particular podcast to thank everybody for their early belief and their early on support. The first people we should thank is Smart Start MN. If you or anyone you know has a DUI, you're life is going to become more expensive and more difficult. So obviously, the best piece of advice is don't get a DUI, but it happens to a ton of people, which is why Smart Start MN does so well. They are the original ignition interlock company here in Minnesota, a couple of great local lawyers who now are doing this for a living. What they do is essentially, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, but just so people can get their head around it, you basically have a breathalyzer in your car so that when it's time for you to go somewhere, if you, and again, it's not at the legal limit, you can't just have like four drinks and be like, I think I'm cool. I'm going to blow into that thing. It's well below. But if you want to get back into your vehicle much sooner, in some cases, months and months sooner than you otherwise might, they're a really good company to go with. And for those of you, and again, it's not going to have to be you. Of course, you're smarter than that. You didn't make this decision, but I'll bet you have rallies or friends or friends of friends who have, this is something you should recommend to them. And by doing it this way, they can actually get a discount if they go to the website and mention The Brian Oak Show. Yeah, all they have to do is go to smartstartmn.com slash The Brian Oak Show. And we can also, they can also link directly from our website on the sponsor page. Exactly. So, and again, this is a, there's no shame. There's no blame. That is not what these people are into. They're interested in helping you get your life back on track. And to me, the thing that I like is maybe every time you blow into that thing and then are allowed to start your car, you're like, you know what? Drinking and driving, terrible idea. And maybe not you, maybe your friend, maybe your cousin, maybe your cousin's on again, off again, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, whoever <laughs> might need it, smartstartmn.com, and they can help you get back on the road sooner and for cheaper than you otherwise might have thought. Also, thanks to Great River Radon Mitigation, we're asking you to text Laurie at 612-701-2216. Why? Well, radon is surprisingly common. I don't remember the exact stats. Is it two out of five houses? They suspect the PSAs that you're seeing on TV right now, because it's radon month, It are, is are saying that... Uh, Two out of five Minnesota homes tend to have levels that are higher than what's acceptable, so you should get it checked out. Not just when you're going to buy or sell a home, but if you live there for a while, get it checked out. Well, and it, it builds up because it is a molecule. It builds up in the winter, and so when we close everything down, lock everything up, make it a closed system, it gets even less healthy, potentially. And according to the EPA, the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers is exposure to radon gas. So it's real. Not trying to create a panic, not trying to, you know, oh, fear monger, but also just get it checked out. Get it out of the way. They also have a good deal for listeners of the Brian Oak Show podcast. Yeah, for just 100 bucks they'll actually check your uh radon for you to see if it's at a safe level if it's not the other cool thing is as a realtor i've used several different radon companies um and 
uh, Great River Radon Mitigation actually does a great price for you as well. And it's not a real intrusive thing. They can get it installed, taken care of. It's in your basement, kind of out of the way, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Which is good because maybe you don't have any. Maybe you do the test, you're like, whew, but it's a small price to pay for a little peace of mind to make sure. So, again, you can text Laurie directly, 612-701-2216, or call their main office at 612-701-2215. So we do have sponsors for The Brian Oak Show, but Sean and I made a commitment early on that we're not going to clog the show up with sponsors. You know, you and I have both done radio for a long time, and there was a time, especially when I met um, today's guest, when there would sometimes be 24 full minutes of commercials for every hour of programming. Yes. That's a lot. We're not ever going to do that here. So we do have some sponsors, but we also rely on the support of our Patreon members. And Patreon is a place where you can go and support at any level you see fit on a monthly basis to support the things that you like. And we've had a lot of people jump on board. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody, because that's why we have these studios. That's why we're able to get this thing off the ground. And we promised that at least once a month, once things were up and rolling, we were going to do a live event. And our first ever live event is coming up uh, on the 30th. On the 30th, it's coming up. For, we're recording this right now on the 23rd. So one week from when we're recording this episode, you'll be able to come out if you're a Patreon supporter to see our first ever live event at the Hook and Ladder. Now. Long term, the goal is only VIP level supporters will be coming to these events. But early on, we want to thank everybody who jumped on board and showed a little faith in what might eventually develop here. And we really, really do appreciate it. And we're going to be at the Hook and Ladder on January 30th. And here's the great thing for elderly folks like Sean, uh, is that it starts, (laughs) the doors open at 530, I believe. They do. And the music begins at 630. It does. And we wrap everything up by eight. Exactly right. It's, so it, Ben it, can go home and see his beautiful daughters. Well, right? it, it, it's a school night, so everybody can go home and still be like, hey, I saw a cool, intimate experience of incredible music, but then I also got home at a reasonable hour because I get I, it was night-night time, and I have to get up early for my responsibilities the next day. Well, we're going to have some uh, people that have been on guests on the show will be there as well. I've Correct. already confirmed that they'll be there, which will be fun. Uh, my friend John Cosgrove, the crazy Irish guy that was oh. on the show yeah, yeah. not too long ago, will be there. Really cool thing that uh, um, I sent this off to uh, Ed at Smart Start, and he sends back, I will absolutely be there. How many people am I allowed to bring? Because I told him that, that Ben Lubeck was playing. So right. that was so cool to see that that he wanted to you know, to, to be at the show. Ben Lubeck is our guest tonight. We'll get to him very shortly. Ben, as you mentioned, Sean, Ben goes back a long way with both of us from different vectors, but one of the great upper Midwestern singer-songwriters of the last 15, 20 years. I don't want to date him because he's young and fresh-looking and has small children, and he's still one of today's exciting young people with an active lifestyle, as opposed to you and I. And he's a fantastic human is the other part of it a great great person who i've never seen not smile when i've been around musicians who aren't big smilers this guy's a smiler he's also (laughs) a great songwriter before we get to him i did want to hear one song you know we live in these incredibly divisive times and i'm hoping that someday some way we're going to find a way past it now that doesn't ever mean that we're all going to be on the same page it doesn't mean we're ever all going to believe the same thing or be the same person But that's sort of the beauty of it. Like, I want people to be different. I believe that we're not only informed by a marketplace of ideas, 
But our lives and our understanding of what it means to be alive and be a human being is enriched by the diversity of human culture, by the diversity of human expression. And you're not going to love everybody, but we can find a way to do better by one another. And an artist who I know feels very much like that would be Roger Waters, former frontman for Pink Floyd. No longer a member of Pink Floyd, but Pink Floyd is one of my favorite bands of all time. Yes, I like the 60s, crazy, Sid Barrett, psychedelic stuff. Yes, I like the early 70s, groovy, vibey stuff. And I even like sort of the overly theatrical early 80s stuff, you know? And then, you know, all went poorly because egos get in the way, you know, and uh, it, it can be a difficult place to be. But I was excited when I saw the news this morning that Roger Waters is actually heading back out on the road this summer for a North American tour dubbed This Is Not A Drill. Now, I've seen his last two roles through town, and if you've seen them, he's not exactly playing it safe. He's not exactly trying... He wants people to get along, but he's not really working on mending fences. He understands that we are in dark times and that there is something at stake. The giant floating black pig blimp that goes around the studio, (laughs) the anti-fascism remarks. A lot of people think that he's taken it too far, but I remain a stalwart fan of the music he's made. And he does return to the Target Center, Minneapolis, this coming August. And uh, I have every intention of being there, provided I can afford tickets. Again, he's... He's not exactly just running the soup kitchen over there. He's not just giving those things away. But announced just today that he will be going. And the tickets are apparently on sale uh, a week from this Friday, January 31st at 10 a.m. So if you'd like more information, you can go to Roger Waters' website. But he's just a year off the tour that was named off of this after this particular song, which is one of my favorites because it speaks to the divisiveness that runs rampant throughout our country, throughout our world, throughout our neighborhoods right now. But it also speaks to a better future. So a little Pink Floyd as we get things started on The Brian Oak Show.
Roger Waters more specifically. I mean, it's David Gilmore singing on that particular track, but Roger Waters wrote it along with David Wright, R.I.P. Um, you know, that that band, man, they, I know that a lot of people think that Dark Side of the Moon or the wall are overwrought. They, they're, they're too far. They're, there's too much going on there. I couldn't agree less. From their bizarrely, wildly influential early psychedelic days with Sid Barrett through the early 70s where the dream of the 60s had died. But, you know, metal is in my top five albums of all time. Like, it's groovy and it's slow, but it's also dark. Careful with that axe, Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's nice to know that they're going back on tour while Roger Waters is going back on tour and returning to Target Center before the end of the summer. It's the Brian Oak Show, and before we get deep into it with tonight's guest, Ben Lubeck, I think that we should probably mention that I'm joined here by my stalwart ally, business partner, and proud producer. That would be Sean Bernard. In addition to all of those accolades I just laid about him, wear them like epaulets like uh, like you're a North Korean general right I mean like I want you to have all those up and down both sides like more medals than you can possibly stand up right with did what? I confuse you right there what? why would you say that what an odd well because I just said that you were all these great things and that's what those but guys North do. Korean were... you went North Korea on me have you ever seen I have have you ever seen military uniforms that are more cartoonish than North Korea but North Korea Brian I didn't say you were North Korean <laughs> Or right. adjacent with their philosophies. Okay, I, was, right. I was making it. You're saying I, was, I have a round head like Kim Jong. He's saying oh. you're the Dennis Rodman of South Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> ben, get out. Oh, no, Ben, don't. Don't, don't you dare. Before, before we talk to Ben, uh, Sean, in addition to all those other things where I was trying to pay him a compliment. <clears throat> Nice try. <laughs> he's also a realtor at the 15th and France office of Edina Realty, but he serves the entire metro. A lot of people think this is a stupid time of year to think about selling or buying your house. Why is it not as stupid as they think it is? Uh, there's really not a bad time to buy or sell, uh, first of all. Um, it depends on your lifestyle and what you're doing. If you've got kids in school right now, man, maybe you don't want to do it. But there's right. a lot of people that are listening that don't have kids in school right now. Correct. And it's a really good time to buy or sell. I'm doing an open house uh, this Saturday uh, in West Bloomington yep. uh, and a beautiful house out there. But, it, you know, one of the things I try to do is is take people through that, try to get the emotion out of buying and selling a little bit and make it about the fact that this is maybe part of their financial plan. Mm -hmm. Um, In my case, we wanted to sell and simplify our lives. And that was what was right for us. Other people are like, I can't imagine parting with my home. I've got to live here till I'm 80. Mm. You know, it just depends on who you are and what you're trying to do. And, and uh, so I try to sit down and, and make it about the logic. And right now I'm doing meetings where we're really just trying to assess what's the neighborhood and, Showing us, you know, what's your home worth? So even if you're not selling for a year or two, you kind of know what the value of your home might be. So a little research, a little pre-planning. Like even if you're not thinking about selling right now, now would be a good time to do it. How do people get a hold of the realtor, Sean Bernard? Uh, All they have to do is uh, tweet Kim Jong-un. Wow. Or they can call me at 612-859-2594 or uh, Sean Bernard at Edina Realty. 
Com. I don't know if I've ever had an analogy fall so flat. Like, I, I was trying to say, like, wear them like awards, wear them like a tiara, like, do you want to build a snowman? Something, but apparently you took that all the wrong way. So, anyway, you've got Sean's information now. Now let's get some information about this right here, The Brian Oak Show. We've been underway for a couple of months. This is episode 22, and coming up a week from when we're recording this, which will be January 30th at the Hook and Ladder in South Minneapolis, a wonderful nonprofit venue that does such incredible work and it's such a great place to see a show. It's in my neck of the woods, so I've been there a lot of times. We're having our first ever live Brian Oak Show performance, and this was originally envisioned as a way to thank the people who came on board early, our Patreon account members, and there will be a day where only members at the VIP level will be invited to this, but this time, for the very first one, we're like, everyone should be there, and Sean and I kicked around a bunch of ideas, and we both landed, again, Sean and I's Venn diagram, clearly does not entirely overlap but we both kicked around a few ideas of someone that would be great to have on great to have perform live who's always enjoyable live who always has that ridiculous smile and is one of the nicest people that either you or i are ever ever met and we both came up with mr lubeck how are you my good man Dude, I'm wonderful. I always because I've never seen you not smile, and I've never seen you not have that glint in your eyes. And it's really, it's really nice to see you. You too, brother. Thanks well, for having me out, man. So, Ben, why, why did, how do you know Sean? If you don't mind my asking, I don't know where we first met. It's just been music. Sean's been coming out to to FM shows for forever, and. Um... Do you remember the very first time? I, I do, because I was supposed to meet friends and do karaoke at the, or karaoke, as some people say, right. at the VFW in Uptown. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to take a right and go in to do karaoke with my friends. And I hear this music coming out. This is before VFW totally remodeled. And you guys were playing a show there. Oh, man. That was like our worst show ever, too. No, you sounded <laughs> so Oh, my gosh. I was blown away. I, like, literally, it, they pulled me in with their music. I, I went in there, and I never even connected with my buddies that were. I think I went back in there after the show, and they were they were already gone. Wow. Um, but you and I talked that very, very first night, and, and as you always have been, you were gracious and asked, answered my silly questions. And But I was just really impressed with your performance, and as you always do, you, you really get into your music and you never half ass a show that I've ever seen. And I, I've seen a lot of shows in my life. And so that was really cool to be there, you know, really early on when you guys were, were rolling and doing different shows. And I've been a big fan as well as my wife and my kids and everybody else love your music. So dude, I remember that night. Yeah. Um, do you remember it was like flooded in uptown? Y- yes, that yes, night. yes, yes. It was crazy. And my, yeah. bu- my buddy had my buddy Ted, who who's not in the band anymore, but he he drove like a little Chevy, like a tiny little Chevy salmon colored vehicle, <laughs> and it was the water was up to the door handles, oh and he God. said he was Ooh. sitting sitting in his car. And uh, like a newspaper box thing, you know, where you grab a newspaper just floated right by him down the street. Like it was like a flash flood. It was like wow. crazy. That deep. I mean, because right there. So you're you're by the parkway right there. Like you're by the greenway rather. Mm-hmm. But it does dip down as you get to Lindale and Lake right yeah, there. Right there. That deep, that fast. It was insane. Wild. And then it and then it stopped. And yeah. Show must go on. Ben is uh, both the solo artist and the front guy for Farewell Milwaukee. And I remember, much to my shame, the first time I heard the name Farewell Milwaukee, lo, these many moons ago, early 2000s, and you can put a finer point on it, I was the guy doing the 
coming up tonight on Masterpiece Theater on public television. I did yeah. that for about 14 years, and there was somebody who worked in a department that was adjacent, and I don't remember his name. I don't remember anything about it, but he gave me the, there's sort of a needlepoint embroidery cover on, mm-hmm. is that the first FM release? That's our very first. Very yeah. first. So Autumn Rest he handed it to me, he's like, you have to, what's it called? Autumn Rest Easy. You have to. So he gave me that, and at that at that point, you know, I wasn't like, I, and again, not full of myself, but getting handed CDs was sort of the the regular norm of the day, it's right? Old, and, right? Well, it doesn't get old because <laughs> it's good to hear new music. I love listening to new music, but every once in a while, you get you get so many of them, and especially on the local level. And I don't de- mean to demean bands you've never heard of before, because sometimes that's where you make the most rich discoveries. But the guy gave it to me. And I'm like, oh, thanks so much, and it went in the little side pocket of my right truck. In the trash. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've never thrown any of those away. I'm a bit of a hoarder when it comes to this compact disc. But it went right in the side of the thing. You, you made eye contact with him the whole time. You know, <laughs> thank you so I'm much. Like, I'm like, thank you. Snapped it in half and threw it in, the, in his trash can. His <laughs> just put your cigarette out on no, his No, 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 no. But I did. You know, I'm like, oh, well, okay. And it looked cool. And I liked the cover. And I pr- prompt, uh, promptly put it next to about five other CDs in my little side thing on the car door. And then I remember somebody mentioned months later, I was like, hey, man, Farewell, Farewell Milwaukee's really good. And then I'm like, all right, I should give this a listen. Don't be a jerk, Brian. And I put it in, and I was like, oh. But then it was actually several years Maybe more after that that you and I first met face to face when I was working at Cities ninety seven, mm-hmm. and suddenly you know Studio C and there were events and there was Oak on the Water, and I finally got a chance to see. I was like, I am an idiot. I am a jackass. <laughs> the problem is, we've all been handed CDs before where you listen to it, you're like, hmm. These work. Wasn't quite done yet. Wasn't quite done yet. And I'm not trying to be a dick to those people, but you guys came out of the gate fantastic. I love Farewell Milwaukee so much. And every time we did an event together, everybody else loved it as well. I mean, there is something in the nature of how your band plays with one another. There's something in the nature of the warmth. There's something in the nature of the presentation. And obviously in the quality of the songs, how did Farewell Milwaukee start? How did that, that, that core find each other? Yeah. Um, it's Well, thank you so much, by the way. Uh, you know that those, I'm being genuine, by the way. I'm not kissing your ass. I do. <laughs> I we, love hanging out with you guys. Me and you have had some awesome conversations. Too, we certainly have. Obviously, off the air. And so I appreciate it, brother. Um, we, we've been friends for a really long time. Um, we used to, Aaron and I went to school together. And um, so that I graduated back in like mid 2000s. Um, and me too. <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. Anyway, I'm sorry. Graduated. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so we play music then, and and he met these uh, uh, Brad and Adam who play. Um, uh, well, they Adam used to play bass, and I plays keys. Um, he kind of plays everything. He's just an amazing musician. Um, but but he met those other guys uh, doing like a, a retreat at one point, playing music for a retreat, and um, so then he introduced all us. He kind of connected all of us together and all of us just were dying to be in a band and start writing music ourselves so um we kind of did that for a couple years around town uh as a different as a different band and um eventually once we kind of found our voice and our writing voice um it it turned into farewell milwaukee and it it was that you know americana sound uh throwback to like the birds and eagles and and all that stuff so oh, i'm so glad that you referenced the eagles because that's another band that's become so fashionable to shit on and Dude, i feel a connection with you over that like uh, online like people yeah. just want to 
kill us well, and, for liking and, the Eagles. And there's a couple songs like I don't need to hear Desperado anymore. But you know, I mean, like you're the, more of a witchy woman guy, right? I am kind of, <laughs> and also kind of a life in the fast lane. But also like oh, I, I, I've never it's hated I, I've never hated on Hotel California once in my life. Like yeah. Overplayed for sure, mm-hmm. but also an epic, dark, gothic American tale that's a metaphor, but you're not quite. It's got those oblique lyrics, and I never am quite sure what they're talking about. It so in any event, what you're talking about though, like you know the jangle pop of the birds, the Americana riff. You know, Graham Parsons is someone that I've tried to get my head around, and I've never quite gotten there. But my dad, I wouldn't be surprised if he asked to be cremated the same way Graham Parsons was Parson in guy. the in the Joshua Tree Forest with yeah. the gasoline bomb. Um, <laughs> uh, that's no joke, by wow. the way. Yeah, that's uh, an incredible story. Have you heard that one? No, I Oh, my heard. word. His old manager, back in the day when you didn't have to sign a lot of paperwork, he went and picked up his body and casket at the airport, oh and they just gosh. let him sign off for it and take it because Graham Parsons' dying <laughs> wish was to be taken out to Joshua Tree, lit on fire and burned in the desert, well, when you're just a stoned rock manager and not like a you know an explosive expert, you don't really know what to use and how to do oh, it. No. no, and then eventually his family, who were an ultra wealthy citrus family, yeah, got Florida. the rest of his remains back. And uh, it's a crazy story, but that wasn't really where I was going. <laughs> but I mean, when you talk about the kind of music you guys were doing early on, obviously Graham Parsons helped stitch that fabric together between rock and roll and country music as much as almost anybody mm-hmm. else. I mean, is, is Graham Parsons part of the informative nature of what Farewell did? Dude, yeah, it, he influences me as a songwriter uh, even more now than than when I first heard him. I came to Graham like a little later in the Flying Burrito Brothers, mm-hmm. like probably like seven years ago. Um, well, after I started writing songs, it, it was Neil Young that did that for me. When when I heard that, like after the Gold Rush and Harvest mm-hmm. is is still one of my favorite records, but like when I could see a rock musician blend country like in a really beautiful like alternative way like that blew my mind like to tell me why off of after the gold rush is the reason i learned to play guitar and i was like a late bloomer I, I was 17 years old and i had tried before but that that folk song just crushed me and, and I, I bought it at the exclusive company in brown deer wisconsin i'm from just outside of milwaukee like i'll never forget when i when i bought that record and put it in my little jeep cherokee cd player man <laughs> but oh. that's genius those moments will never leave you for the rest of your life you know i mean like i, I told you before we got on, onto the podcast here what zen arcade did to me when i was a kid now it didn't make me pick up a guitar it did make me make sure my jeans were a little more ripped than they were before the day of school <laughs> but it you know it, it that kind of thing so when you talk about that like being a late bloomer and and picking up the guitar late but you made a very interesting comment right there where you said when I finally started writing songs. So when you first came to music, were you in a cover band? Were you just doing covers in your bedroom? Like, I mean, like almost everybody who comes to music in some meaningful form starts out doing other people's music. Yeah, I, I started learning, learning songs, like playing like the like Pink Floyd, like Wish You Were Here, that that mm. that part where he, they're emulating actually playing along to the radio. That was me. Like I, I had a CD player in my room and and once I learned that I could I could play three chords that could match what I was listening to on the radio, that was that opened windows and doors for me, man. Like that was crazy, and so that was intoxicating. And so then I started writing songs um, in response to that, you know. Like so, yeah, of course I, I learned stuff, and then and then were your, were your first songs any good? 
No. 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 <laughs> Thank you. That's no. all I wanted to hear because some people are like, no, I came out of the gate cooking. And, <laughs> and, and no, nobody does. The, you're, I mean, again, they're laudable and they may hold a special place in your heart. But everybody's first effort at anything, whether you are a baker, an author, a songwriter, a podcaster. <laughs> Shit. Uh, your first efforts are not any good. Not, that, that's too strong. But they are raw. They are not formed. You have not found who you are yet. Mm-hmm. But you got there. We're talking to Ben Lubeck. And one week from tonight on January 30th of this year, our first ever Patreon event. Before we talk more about you, the musical evolution of what you've gone through, one of the things we require of everybody who comes in here is that they pick a couple songs that mean something to them, songs that they would like to hear. And it's not a matter of being cool. It's not a matter of like, oh, yeah, I went to school with these guys. They're pretty great. But they were a little square. They asked me to be their manager. But I said no. Uh, it's just a matter of something that you enjoy. And I'll be honest, I am relatively ignorant when it comes to the world of Eddie Arnold. Mm. Um the reason I, I chose this song is, is I, I wasn't super familiar with Eddie Arnold whatsoever, and and I've dug in a lot. And one of the one interesting story is right when I got in here, we were talking about that Ken Burns country music documentary, which which is mind blowing to me. Um, so I guess Eddie Arnold had the same manager as Elvis, the Colonel, and um, when like Eddie Arnold was nobody, and the the Colonel used to be a uh, carnival promoter. And oh, yeah. seems like it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which makes sense, yeah, yeah. And they would go into a brand new city, and nobody would know who Eddie Arnold is. Like, I know a little bit about this going to different towns, <laughs> trying to drum up people to come oh, out yeah. to shows. Um, and so what it was genius what the colonel did is he would call the police department and get a police escort through the town. Oh, yeah. And then have, like, yeah. some sort of sign. Yeah. Uh, and just then to they, create drama. Just yes. to create drama. So this would be, like, mid to late afternoon, and everybody in town would see it, spread the word, and come out to the shows. That's yeah. actually, I mean, that's that's almost 21st century stuff right there. Like, that is so far ahead of its time, it's not even funny. It's so wild. So that's one one interesting story about any article that I learned later. But um, uh, the reason I picked this song, uh, it's called What is Life Without Love? And um, recently, uh, I was asking my grandmother um, what some of my what some of my grandpa's favorite country artist was, and the first one he said she said was Eddie Arnold, and and I had I didn't know much, so so I dug in and really really enjoyed it. He's just got a really smooth, beautiful voice, um, kind of as Nashville was changing into like more of a cleaner sound, and um, so uh, not to make it too too sad, but my grandma passed away. This summer, oh. and um, she was she was kind of on her deathbed. I got the word, um, I got the phone call from my cousin, and and she's she was down in Baraboo, Wisconsin, so like four hours away. So he's like, "Man, you should you should come down." Um, I don't think she has too much time left. And so what we did is is as I asked my wife, I'm like, I'm like, should I bring Tatum with? It was summer; she wasn't in school. And yeah. Tatum's my my six year old daughter. And, and she's like, well, we can ask her. And she, she's, I was telling you guys earlier, she's kind of the one who's a little more shy. And, and I, I just wasn't sure if, if, you know, that's, that's a sad thing to, to bring yeah. a kid through. And, um, and, and we asked Tatum if she'd want to go and, and she was excited to go. So, so I took her down and, uh, I was, I was really nervous cause my grandma wasn't in the greatest of states. And, um, we brought her Tatum into the hospital room, and something came over her. Man, it was like a miracle. She she was holding her hand wow. and making her happy, and it, like she just helped usher her in with 
with as much comfort as possible. And, and, and just the laughter and stuff, I think, really helped her even as she kind of got even more more and more, um, you know, unconscious. Uh, but anyway, what we did is, is, is kind of right before, you know, her last couple of days, we were playing her, Eddie Arnold, to remind her of my grandpa. And so this, wow. this is what this song and, and his music will just always be tattooed on my heart, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful to me. And it's got that emotional connection. So that's why I picked that one. What is life without love? What is love without you? Why dream if they never come true? Why try to go on when your only hopes are gone? Darling, what is life without love? Somehow I can't forget the first day that we met. You were something from heaven above. Now I'm asking you, sweetheart, and it's straight from my heart. Darling, what is life without love? Someday you'll return And be true as the stars up above If you'll only say you try Then I'll be satisfied Darling, what is life without love? What is life without love? What is love without you? Why dream if they never come true? Why try to go on when your only hopes are gone? Darling, what is life without love? Now that was good. Preceded by a glorious story by none other than Ben Lubeck, who will be joining us for our first ever Patreon event and sponsor event and early supporter event. There's been a lot of people who jumped on board the Brian Oak Show podcast before. Sorry, I have to apologize right now. I don't like to. I talk too fast and I breathe too deeply, but there's also a little bit of burpiness because there's a coffee shop up the road from us, Sean, Yeah, that sold a ham sandwich that was the size of a human lung. Um, I'm not joking. Tell it me was, It was huge. It was a For big sandwich. Yeah. And I only ate half of it, but I'm like, okay, remember, not right before the show next time. 
you know, probably not the worst idea. I learned, I learned that I also, about a pizza in the Wisconsin Dells. It's yeah? called the Big Kahuna. You do not want to throw that down before a show. <laughs> What's on? Uh, were you trying to sing? Were you burpee while you were trying to do a show? Other end. Oh! <laughs> oh we're still nice. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back, hopefully. Um, and we dedicate this next song to the Stingring. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, you brought up... Sorry, was that too far? Thanks a lot for bringing us up here. Dude, um, <laughs> well, you mentioned you can't be serious the whole no, time. Right? No, 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 never, never. You mentioned Baraboo, Wisconsin, Ben, and mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken, Baraboo is also home to like the World Clown Museum or something yeah, the, equally the terrifying. Circus, the Circus World Museum. Circus World Museum, yeah. which we tried to go to one time, but it was off season. Apparently, that's not a year-round attraction. Oh, really? And we tried to go, and it was closed. But I thought, what sort of infernal horrors awaited within the tents of the Circus World Museum? And again, I was more than happy to go in there. I was ready to embrace those horrors. Have yeah. you been inside the Circus World Museum? Yeah, my cousin and I got a summer pass one time, and we went like every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> That's one of the best things I've ever heard. We what? got to know the ringleader. Oh no, or the ringmaster, I should say. So did they? So it wasn't just a museum. Like, did they put on a show? Like, there was a ringmaster. Yeah, yeah. There. I don't know that they do it anymore. It's changed a lot, but yeah, they had like three shows a day. It was crazy. Man. This was back in the nineties, and we and maybe we picked an off day. We were on our way to Chicago. Me and a friend who were on our way to go to a Comic Con or something before those became very popular. This would have been early nineties, and we're like, we're going through Baraboo, like, and they and we're like, we were both sort of well he did that painting above sean right there oh, if that nice. gives you any indication yes um and he also designed our logo for the brian oak show right he on. and i were driving and then we're like circus world museum we gotta go and we went and the gates were closed there was nobody there That's a shame. and we thought a little bit about like doing a wally world type thing like <laughs> we don't have a gun but i bet we could jump these fences <laughs> but then the thought of walking around a dark warehouse with nothing Ooh. but spooky clown mannequins and weird wild. props no, no, we decided we'll, we'll take it, we'll try it again, but here we are some many years later and didn't actually get there. Ben Lubeck is going to be our first ever uh, performer at a Patreon event, and it's not too late to become part of the festivities, although it is only a week away, so you should probably move on it. Patreon.com, Brian Oak Show. So, Ben, you do music. You grew up in uh, in Wisconsin. What pulls you into Minnesota? I came up for school when I was when I was eighteen, and um, yeah, that's that's really the only reason that brought me up. But so many beautiful things came from that that uh, that trip up here. I uh, met my wife and and Aaron, like I was talking about from mm-hmm. Farewell, Milwaukee, and uh, um, I, I think I've told you out at, at one of our many lake events that. Uh, uh-huh. I used to uh, I used to work at a Target in the back room, and you'd keep me company back there, man. So like I, I'd listen so to weird. you before we ever got to meet, and it was one of my dreams to have a song on the radio. And 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 here we are hanging out. It's just it's just absolutely gorgeous how how that can happen sometimes. Life moves in weird ways. If you leave yourself open to the possibility and keep working and keep believing, there are days when you wake up where it's like, oh, this shit again. <laughs> but you never really know what the next day is going to bring. It's still worth opening your eyes. Uh, I have one question of minor irritation and one question of deep adoration. So I'm going to get the minor irritation one out of the way. You still a Packers guy? I am. I am. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm really sorry about what happened to your squad. 
I love them more than ever, man. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, you know the, re- the main reason I'm mad is not only, and I know that people who are diehard Packers fans, the rivalry between the Packers and the Bears is so much richer in its history. And that's mm-hmm. like the Packer people are like, oh, these Minnesota people still won't shoot, stop shooting spitballs at us from the back of the room. That's not the real rivalry. The real rival t- rivalry is Packers and Bears, and I get that. But we in Minnesota have to have something, and you're the closest target. Um it's not fair that you had Brett Favre for so long, and then you got Aaron Rodgers. Like, at some point, you have to go through the same quarterback struggles that our fucking team goes through, yeah? I'm horrified about that, yeah. That's going to really suck. It hasn't happened in your lifetime. What are you horrified about? You don't know that it has to happen I, ever. Because I don't know the other side of it, man. Yeah. Well, look at my face. Is this what you want? Look, <laughs> yeah. look into the future, Ben Lubeck. Look into the future. Now, on a much nicer side, you know, I don't really like to dig into people's personal lives more than they like to share, but I know because having met you and your family... But it's been a minute, man. I can't believe how old they are. You uh, are in a, you have a wonderful family and you have a couple of fantastic young daughters. How has, and again, when you want to be a musician, when you have to have the ability to be like, oh, we're going over here now, or, oh man, daddy needs time to sit down and write some songs. You have a full-blown family with a couple of young daughters. How has that specifically and practically impacted your ability to do your music? Yeah, that's that is a great question, and I uh, I keep writing records about it because it's just like it's the the dynamic is so interesting, and and I have I have so much respect for um, uh, female mothers who who do it as well because there's a different there's a different dynamic there, like um, the fact that I'm able to like, especially when they're really babies, babies and, and it's hard to even get out of the house. Like I call that phase, keeping the pod alive. Like when they get older and they, they got at least not even independence, but they can, you can at least like set them down for a second and go wash your hands Mm -hmm. as opposed to that, that first six months, keeping the pod alive is it's one of the hardest and most amazing jobs I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, for me, it was a bit of a culture shock, just a life change trying to figure that out. But I was blessed uh, to have a wife to, you know, uh, kind of hold the fort down and I was still able to play music. Um, you know, obviously it slowed down for a time, but yeah, yeah. My number one thing is like, for me, just because of, um, my, my parents split up when I was young and, and my dad has been in and out. Um, it was very important for me to not be on the road and not be not be traveling all the time and and I'm sure it can be done in a healthy beautiful way um but I just didn't see how I could do do both and well you know for me that so so that was that was always very important um and and that and I've been writing a lot of songs about that and and things like that so um yeah yeah it's it's a tricky thing but but there's I'm so happy that I'm living in the time that I live in because you can make records, you can make them. You don't have to, you know, book a, a studio in LA for 40 grand, you know, to make a album and, and you don't have to be backed by a huge record label. It's just really cool. I'm, I'm really fortunate. So fantastic. So we talk about that. And again, your family's wonderful. And I think being present for them is great. And you know, I, when I, when I say that, like, you know, because the, the life of a, of a musician can be demanding in ways that regular lives are not. But I, I also think there's probably not really regular lives. Like, oh, 
you're an accountant. Well, you have to be at work for eight hours a day, plus commute for an hour on either side. How can you stand to be away from your kids? So it's varying things for everybody. But I think that when people think about musicians, they're like, well, you're on the road for the next four weeks and you've got small babies at home and, and it can be difficult. But I can tell by watching you on social media and knowing you as a person, you have found that balance. And it is kind of wonderful that we live in this amazing time. It's also a little bit of a different animal in that, you know, there's something kind of fun about going to L.A. and spending 40 grand in the studio yeah, <laughs> and being yeah. gone for a while. But, That's a cool thing. But you don't have to do it now. And so it just is the ease of access for the consumer to music. I mean, because, yes, there are advantages there. But is it also an impediment to be able to be able to make a, a living as a musician? I, I can't imagine your streaming revenue is enough to pay your mortgage. No, absolutely not. Like, so I think about that all the time, um, and you can go back and forth. So, like, so I think we would have to to make it in the music industry in terms of a full time gig. Have to probably tour like two hundred days a year, which some bands do, but not everybody can do that. And mm-hmm. also, that life sounds like it might kill you, and not you specifically anyone mm-hmm. yeah or kill the vibe of the band like yes. we're still all like best friends which is crazy we've yeah. been doing it for over 10 years um pretty much the same lineup we only thing we've done is we lost one guy because he just stepped away and we love him still everything's cool but we've added people after that so we just keep adding guys um but one of the things i think about all the time is i'm so fortunate to live in in minneapolis and and not just to to rep our city you know uh, and over- Which is badass, by the way. So <laughs> you go ahead and rep it all damn day if you want, but I, I go ahead. I, I'm just so so happy to be here because, like, if we didn't have um, a community that supports it, and, and I saw an article just recently that that said if there were no small music venues, the the music industry in this town would be dead. Agre- correct. And I couldn't agree with that more. Like Agreed. we just like we completely got brought up on on small venues, playing clubs to hardly anybody, uh, places that that would take a chance on us on the way up that like like I don't if 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 I was in small town Nebraska, there's no way I would be able to be doing it even in this time, you know, and I, I might be writing songs just for me, but it, it's so cool that I get to do it and and just have you know, I just feel so good about everything. It's yeah, cool. I do too. And so not only with the proliferation of the internet and even though streaming services may not pay the bills, they do provide a wider audience than one might have had before. Absolutely. Social media. And even though everyone thinks I'm super bitter at the current, I think that what they've done for local bands in this community is it can't be overstated. And I don't know that Absolutely. anybody's had that kind of impact in terms of promoting both the big club shows and the little shows. Andrea Swenson's brilliant local show, which is oh, every Sunday evening. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever met anybody who cares more about not only the legacy of Minnesota music, but the current edition of it and what the future means. So this is, you know, for people who aren't from Minneapolis, I mean, I, I'm not meaning to disclude St. Paul. I don't want any angry emails or letters. I'm talking about this community of music that we have right here. For people who aren't from here, I think it's easy for them to dismiss us as not just flyover country. I'm not being bitter about it. But if you haven't been a part of this community for years or or even a while, and seeing the influence, the the building up, the collaboration, the sort of we're looking out for each other and let's make this a cool thing. There's not one night a year in this town that you can't go out and see somebody worthwhile. Not one. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. You're so right on that. Mm. Well, one week from tonight, we're all going to get together, at least those of us who have supported the Brian Oak Show on Patreon. We're going to get together at the Hook and Ladder, uh, and we're going to watch this guy right here, Ben Lubeck, along with a couple of his friends, come out and play. But before we talk more about that and get towards the conclusion of the show and maybe even hear a little of your music for once, we're going to hear another guy who is... Well, I've read him described as a honky-tonk vocalist, and I don't know what the difference is between old-school country and honky-tonk, but I know what it feels like when I've had one too many beers in a honky-tonk, and so that's the way I kind of like to think about this guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Webb Pierce is uh, another guy that I I discovered within the last five years, and uh, I actually discovered him off a tweet. Um, I had never heard the song before um, this tweet, but it was Jason Isbell uh, wrote wrote a a really funny thing he said so the song that we're going to play is called there stands the glass and he said that he ran into one of webb pierce's bandmates in nashville and he runs a lawn care company and he said the low-hanging fruit there and he approached him and the guy i guess didn't appreciate it too much he said you should change the name of your company to there stands the grass (laughs) <laughs> the problem is so much time has passed since that hit what like mid 50s <laughs> that a lot of people might be like what is what, what does that mean there stands the graph <laughs> although jason isbel of course because of that brilliant brilliant creative amazing individual <laughs> oh sorry let's go ahead and hear a little web pierce right here shall we the, there stands the glass
Now, here's the deal. I don't want to listen to ultra twangy country all day, every day. But I think like most people, I like to have a mix in there. And like Webb Pierce, what a great conversation starter. I mean, In the Jailhouse Now is the only song I really, really know by him. And, you know, people listen to like, ah, oh, it's a funny old country number. But there was a time, especially back in the 50s, when radio was really first starting to proliferate, where that song could be a mega hit in Tennessee and over in Mississippi, maybe no one's heard of it. In Texas, it's probably likely not been heard of and certainly not up in Utah. And so you get to hear all these things and you get to learn about sort of the contextual nature of American music. When we first started talking, you talked about how your band, Farewell Milwaukee, when you first got together, sort of founded over this mutual love of Americana. And for me, Americana is such an interesting term because there's roots music, there's hills music, there's country music, there's music that came over on the slave ships from Africa, and there's blues music, and it would eventually evolve into rock and roll music. To me, it's all part of the same thing. And so when I hear someone say, oh, I hate rap, or oh, I hate country music, to me, that is a narrow vision. I'm not saying you have to love all of it, but to me, it's a lazy approach to what it means to understand music. I don't love all country music. There's a lot of like real glossy so-called Nashville country that I can't stand. Today's modern bro country makes me want to punch myself in the groin. Um, <laughs> but there, there, there's some... There's, but there's, you love their jeans. Well, you love like, the you dazzled know, pocket, don't you? No, what, what, I like, what I like is the, I like the, uh, the, like the fitted shirt with the ripped off sleeves and the and the like super curled Pringly cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. And then we could sing a song about like how whiskey makes your clothes fall off. Which, again, in real life, I'm not against. But as a song, it's, it's pretty pedantic. Um, my point is... When people say, no matter what the style is, I hate that, the end, to me that's a lazy approach because, especially when it comes to American music, and again, this young republic of ours is very young, there's not one style of music, you know? And so when you talk about Americana, I feel like Americana, as we understand it today, draws on rock and roll, draws on lighter jazz, draws on blues, draws on hill music, draws on all that roots music. I mean, that's it's it's all part of the chain, yeah? Oh, it so is. Yeah, it's and that's exactly what I mean when I when I say that that word. I think it's it's kind of become a popular buzz term, uh, maybe a generic term. But yeah, getting into that root stuff, man, and that's how that's I loved all that stuff growing up. So man, if I could, so again, I'm not I don't go deep on blues, uh, and especially northern Chicago blues. That dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. but if we go down to Delta blues and John Lee Hooker, who could write a five minute song, literally playing one note. And make you be like, this is dark. There's there's the devils in the room, and I might have sex later tonight. <laughs> I'm I like saying, the might part. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, man, yeah. I learned a long time ago not to assume anything. I learned that a long time ago. We're That's talking good. to Ben Lubeck. Before we say our goodbyes and hear a little music of yours, um, first of all, thank you. I know that both Sean and I are deeply appreciative of not only the fact that you joined us today, but that you're going to join us next week for our first ever live event at Hook and Ladder, which is happening on January 30th. We're both really excited about this. Thank you. Same too, man. It's going to be awesome. The hook's awesome too. It's a lot of fun. Great place in the PO. It's a nonprofit venue in South Minneapolis, right on Lake Street. They've got a couple of great rooms, and it's going to be it's going to be a good night. You know, some artists you reach out to and you say, "Hey, can you help us out? Can you do this show?" and and they play coy and go back and forth and blah blah blah. The first response from Ben was, "I would be honored to do that," and that just tells me more about your character. And so. I will always root for you and your family and the music that you do and, and both with Farewell Milwaukee as well as what you do in your solo career because you, you embody to me 
what I hope for in local musicians and, and people. So thank you so much for your work. Dude, cheers, and I am honored, man, and I, I, I would love to be there with you guys. It's going to be fun. So. Yeah, well, it's, it's a date, so you better be there with us. All right? Don't say I would love to. <laughs> I'm excited to be there with you guys, just so we're clear. You better show up, Ben. ben God damn it, I knew Ben wasn't going to show up. <laughs> I'm just totally going to blow you guys. Sean, Sean, did you bring your guitar? You, uh, you don't want to hear let's, that. Let's get you a red wig, and could you add about? <laughs> can we get you some lifts, and let's get you about four inches taller, and we'll try to pass you off as Ben Lubeck. I'll never. Be. <laughs> no, neither could either of us, Ben Lubeck. So uh, you know, Farewell Milwaukee was your entree and your way up. Now you've done solo music. I've always wondered this about guys who put out solo records. And again, I'm not asking you to call anybody out, and I don't want to drift into anywhere sensitive. Are the rest of the guys in the band like? The fuck, bro? I thought we were a band. What are you doing doing a solo record? Yeah, they haven't talked to me for a while. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm just kidding. I uh, I know the, you guys all get along, and I'm not trying to cause any divisiveness, but is it weird when you're like, hey, guys, hate to break it to you, I'm giving you a solo record? Yeah, I don't, you know, to put myself in their shoes, it probably wasn't the, the easiest thing to hear, um, but I think they, they understood that. Um, I had some material that I, I wanted to put out there in more of a stripped down fashion. And it was a little more personal about family, about, um, my life in that way. And, and once I, I went to each one, uh, of the guys in Farewell Milwaukee and, and got their blessing before doing it. And, um, that just shows to what kind of guys they are. And, and they were so happy for me and, um, such, such good supporters, and they all came out to. They've all come out to all my release shows. Well, I was at it, so. I was at your first show when you released the album, and what told me more than anything is that all the guys from Farewell Milwaukee came out to that show to support you, and that's all I needed to see and hear at that point. I was that blown support. away. That was so cool. That was amazing. Well, you guys are friends for a very long time, and I will say that there's clearly a common vibe among what you do, because I think the last time I saw you prior to today was down at Midwest Music Fest, and we were at the Masonic Temple. Again, not doing any sort of dark ceremonies, although I wish. I wish they would incorporate that at the Midwest Music Fest, but you were That's set to perform. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> it's going to get dark. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, devil horns. Um, <laughs> but I ran into you and your entire band in the back, and I I don't know that I've ever seen you and your entire band together at one time where not everybody gets that smile on their face. Like there's, there's just, there's the right vibe there. So I'm not surprised they were cool. And I wasn't trying to dig into anything deep or weird. I just know that, you know, like, Hey, we're in this together, band of brothers. Right. And now you're doing this thing, which you've done. So last year, last fall, you put out a record called for you again. Mm -hmm. Tell me briefly before we hear a song from it about that record. Yeah, the um, the title track, uh, kind of how I uh, mentioned earlier, it, it's about family, and um, the the title track for you again is it kind of um, summarizes the the album for the most part, uh, and it, it's just kind of taking a look at um, as your as your children get a little older and you you invest so much into them and and you focus on their development and making sure that they're loved. Um, it's so easy to neglect that relationship with your significant other, mm -hmm. um, that person that you're, you're raising those kids with, um, and it's really easy to overlook it. And so that was kind of, a just exploring that feeling and exploring, you know, how can you 
continue to invest in, in all of you as a family. And, and I think that it would probably be the most healthy option for, for the children and, and, and the kids. So it's just, it's just me reflecting on my life and, and uh, kind of thinking about those things. So Sounds very grown up and rather interesting. Huh. <laughs> if people want to listen to it at, in full, they can go to your website, which is benlubeck.com. That is L-U-B-E-C-K, benlubeck.com. And everything you need to know, you can find there. If you want to learn more about The Brian Oak Show, you can go to brianoakshow.com and learn more about not only our upcoming events, previous episodes, but you can also learn about being a member of our Patreon account. And if you get on the stick quick so that we're able to find you and get you on the guest list, you can still come and watch us watch Ben Lubeck perform live at our first ever Patreon event, patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. Uh, Sean, good to see you. Good to see you, Brian. And Ben Lubeck, very good to see you, and I'll see you next week. Sounds great. Thanks thank for the you, stories, man, and thank you for the music, and thank you for uh, more years of friendship than either of us likely deserve. So very much, uh, we're going to hear some Ben Lubeck before we get, uh, and so it's off. This one comes off for you again, yeah? Yeah, it does. Tell me about this song, and then we'll hear it. This song's called The Lines We Mend, and uh, I really like reality TV, and it's kind of even gone out of fashion even more than it was when it first Whoa, came out. Whoa, I hate to interrupt a good story, <laughs> but reality TV, the spectrum is so wide, so are we talking... The real housewives of Topeka, or are we talking about the real world? Are we talking about what are we talking sort about? Of, we're talking about like uh, Triple D. We're talking about uh, with Guy Fieri. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, I don't mind that stuff at all. I'm also like, I'm a big. Um, we're talking Jersey Shore. Forged and ooh. <laughs> Pop my balloon right there. Like, I'm sorry, what were you say? I was going to say, I'm like a big Forged and Fire guy. Uh, I'm like a big What's aerial. What's that? What's that? Forged and Fire, where yeah. it's blacksmiths who get together and oh, make yeah, knives. That sounds and great. It's on the History Channel on the regular. It sorcery. might be my favorite. <laughs> that That's not quite wonderful. sorcery. It's just, it's guys who like, they, they, they aren't quite good enough to be at the Renaissance Festival, but they still have an anvil and a forge at their home. <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted your story. No, man, Please that's continue. Amazing. You like reality television and uh, well, so the this song specifically is about this show I used to watch all the time called Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Oh, I'm yep. familiar. Yeah. The so guy who used to do um Come my lady, right? come come my <laughs> yes. lady. Give him yes. a butterfly. That was the sugar, season I was baby. writing about. Yeah. And he is I, I can't think of his name. It's like Snoopy Starduster. Some, he's got some eat. terrible name, but that song by Crazy Town, a song called Butterfly. He climbed up onto the roof of the rehab house one season, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. Shifty, Shifty Shell Shock. Yes, there it is. Yes. Woo! <laughs> I can't believe my brain damaged mind came up with that. But anyway, well, so, uh, yeah, Dr. Drew, who got his start with Loveline, Adam mm-hmm. Carolla, and then suddenly became his own thing, Dr. Drew Pinsky. Celebrity rehab is both terrible and wonderful to watch. Exactly. And that's why I love reality TV, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was way into that show and, um, I started just internalizing all these feelings. And I know a lot of it's for TV, but, you see these people who either have or have at one point had everything you could ever want from the American dream. Supposedly. Supposedly. But somehow they still bottomed out because apparently it didn't fill their hearts with love. Absolutely. And so that was just me taking that in and thinking about celebrity and thinking about all these lies that have been consumed by these these poor people. I actually, you know, really felt for them. My heart went out to them because um, they chose some things that really just tore them up. And they're trying to get help. And uh, I wrote this song called The Lines We Men about about that. Let's send this one out to Shifty Shell Shock as we call it another edition of The Brian Oak Show. Thanks, Ben.
the door cracked open, I could hear the sound. I could feel your heart sink to the ground. Heard you screaming, oh my lord. The word travels quick through the telephone wire. I could see it coming like a wildfire. Way too much for you to bear. We set up candles in an empty room, spun old records all afternoon. Waited for the news to break. I might keep you from the truth, so it don't get the best of you. You've been living for the fame, while they're praying you won't change. The lines we mend will break. Apart again. Hear 'em rapping at the front door. Knock it in. Knock some more. Never let 'em get to you. Heard their plans to drill holes in you, to rewire your brain into something new. Thought of it makes me ill. You give it up, will it take you down? Will it steal your heart? Will it steal your crown? Will you lose your faith? I might keep you from the truth, so it don't get the best of you. You've been living for the fame, while they're praying you won't change. Those lines we met will break apart. Though the lines we met will break. 